Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Craig. to explain it just it didn't work last night it worked tonight. i don't know whatever yeah but you know sometimes they be um, like that don't worry i'm just pushing through this after suffering one of the most difficult losses i've ever seen as as Holy a sports shit. fan um that was like fucking that's that's no brutal. joke dude. <laughs> that's no joke man that is like i, I saw somebody I, I was just on twitter while i was waiting for my computer to restart and I saw somebody say something like, good thing the last 20 years of being a Mariners fan has prepared us for this. And I'm like, no, fuck no, no, no it has not. No. Like, that is. I made it worse. In fact, a, it makes it worse. It makes it, it does worse. does make it worse. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is like the most tremendous kick in the balls I think was even possible. You're up seven to three. You're cruising. He scores six runs the, off the American League Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, the guy who has been your nemesis, right? Like, I mean, I did, they didn't score six runs off him all year, did they? Like, uh, there's one one other time they did. Okay, so this guy has basically owned you for years, and you go out and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, right? Amateur Mariners fan over here on at, at HQ East, but like, guys basically owned you. You you beat yeah. the crap out of him. You get owned almost bullpen. everyone. Yeah, you get into their bullpen. You're like, you got a seven to three. Well, six one, I think at first. Then seven to three. Okay, six fine. two, six, six two, two. Okay, but then seven, seven to three. three in the eighth, right? Yep. And it's like, okay, With your, be- your your best reliever, your, your best reliever on the mound, guy who throws like 108 miles an hour, and that's not and even like, his best pitch usually. Is the slider, and then he comes in and. He can't locate the sliders, not sliding. He gets hit. And then you bring in your other good reliever and his slider ain't sliding and he gets hit. And like, so I'm like, so I'm curious how you experienced it. I was driving to a meeting and so yeah, yeah, go ahead. I got, I got out of my car and like, I had to walk into the building. So like, I'm, 
you know, I'm not, I'm like, okay, they're, they're going to close this out while I'm walking in. Everything's going to be fine. I sit down, I turn on my computer and I fire up YouTube TV really quick to kind of check in. And, and I, I can't, I shit you not, dude, the video comes up and I see the score bug says seven to eight. And I see the dude who hit the home run. I don't remember his name. I know you do hit the home run. He's yeah. He's like rounding first base, jumping up and down. And I'm like, no fucking way. No fucking way. Uh, my first thought, I've got to be honest. My first thought went to you. I thought about doing a welfare <laughs> check. So, <laughs> but you just check Slack. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I uh, yeah, it was kind of this ominous thing because they showed Robbie Ray warming up in the bullpen at the start right. of the ninth inning. And you were like, okay, if this gets to Jordan Alvarez, Ray is going to pitch. And in your mind, you're like, and Ray's going to give up a fucking home run to him. Of course he is, because that's what he does. He gives up home runs all the time. And then and then they're they're already they were talking about this potential matchup throughout the inning, throughout the inning. Uh, Seawald had the guy in front of him, one, two, hangs the slider, base hit. And then, you know, Ray's coming in, even though Alvarez is one for seven career off Seawald. Even though you have uh, Eric Swanson in the bullpen, who has been—he's right-handed, but he's been really good against lefties all year. You, you got to bring in your goddamn uh, starter on one day's rest, who just got rocked in Toronto, and, yeah, and you're like, who has not been good. Not <laughs> like, gonna be good for a like month. He's been good. It's just, yeah. just, and it, it was just like Ugh. I was sitting there watching it, just like I know what's gonna happen here, like, and I think well, yeah. I feel like it, it. <laughs> Because it's the fucking Astros, too. Like, that's the other part, right? Like, the Astros just somehow figure out a way to crush your spirit and your heart. And you're just like, why does any good thing ever happen to those assholes? But good things do apparently happen to those assholes. (sighs) That's right. It's going to be just like game. It's going to be just like game two where it's like the comeback is going to be so epic that, you know. You're you're gonna forget all about game one. You're gonna laugh. We're all gonna laugh. All right. That's how it's gonna work. And work. so uh welcome to <laughs> pod- Mar- podcast. Welcome to Mariners Talk Mariners with Jeff Star- and Greg. Welcome to Podcast versus Everyone, uh a, a WSU podcast. Uh I know you episode- feel better now though, right? Like you feel better. Yeah. 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 A little well, bit. I've been I've been I've been definitely been yelling to people all night. But um <laughs> You're poor kids. Epi- You've been yelling at the dog. Amanda comes home from work and I recap the eighth <laughs> inning on for her. Just scream, like way too loud of a fucking yeah. volume. I can, I can totally see the look on her face right now. Just in my head. She like, was like, she's like, like uh-huh, uh-huh, you, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is episode 177. <laughs> I am Craig Powers. Uh, Sad Mariners yes fan, and Sad with me Mariners as always fan. is Jeff Nooser, um, yes. bandwagon, yeah, old but new Mariners fan, yeah, um, less sad, less sad because of that. So, yeah, but so, so, yeah, uh, to to the Cougs, um, to the Cougs. So I I was I was in uh, Victoria um, all all weekend. I didn't really watch much of it. My wife and I were having a weekend away. I already kind of like 
got away from that and watched both Mariners games at a bar uh, while I was waiting for her to meet up. Uh, they actually got the coup game on at the bar. And I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't even know they could get it here. They had regular Fox, like Fox was just there. I think they had Seattle channels. Um, nice. So I watched it for like five minutes and then I had to go meet her for dinner. And, and but I, I was able to get on my phone as long as I didn't log into any Wi-Fi because then they could locate me better. But if right, I if, right. If I was if I was just on uh, data, which I, I have my phone works in Mexico and Canada, or whatever. So I was using data, but I, I mean, it was hard. You know, I'm trying to hang out with my wife and, and you know, it's it's you're watching on your phone. And and then basically when it, like I, I saw like the end of the first half and the start of the second half and then like some of the third and early fourth quarter. Um, so I saw all the bad things happening, <laughs> um, but it was. I, I, I proudly, you know, I was talking to this uh, Canadian guy and he got the game on and, and, and then uh, it was 1410 and I was like, proudly like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't have a, you know, I just like, I always like to pick the underdogs. I'm like, you should root for us. Like you should pick our, yeah. us as a team. We're like, underdogs. yeah, we're, we're the underdogs. And then, yeah, if he kept watching that game, he saw why, but, um, but what a, what a fucking, <laughs> you, you, you put it right in your, in, in your, in your Monday after what a, what a frustrating result. Um, especially yeah. me, like, I mean, just look at, you know, you, you showed the screenshot of, of, of the, the box score and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, how do you lose by 16, uh, doing this? And then I mean, really, usually look, it's turnovers. Yeah. It's like special teams like, and none of that shit happened. None of it. Yeah. And it's because like, it's, it, uh, penalties are, are hard. Penalties are so situational. And important, like it, like the penalties are situational. When sacks come, you see five sacks, but when they can be pretty brutal when they get there. Um, you you see that Jenkins has an an insane game, uh, 184 total yards, uh, including a, a ridiculous catch, like looking every bit of an air raid running back. Yep. Um, and but yes. Yeah, so you're just like you. If you told me you were, we were going to get 180 yards from any of the running backs, like combined, like you'd feel good about that. And yeah, but you know, USC's. It, it seems like from what I watch and, and the stats looks like USC's uh, defensive line really gave the Cougs trouble, um, and that was that that made it tough to get the passing game going. Um, Cam's numbers weren't spectacular. He didn't make any mistakes, but not great. You know, the defense uh, overall, like pretty solid, like under five, you know, around five and a half yards of play uh, to a really explosive offense up until then. So you like to see that. But but Jeff, since you watched it, you know, um, we didn't want to spend too much time on it. We kind of want to talk about how the season's going in a whole. But if you have any thoughts about it, um, you know, what why was it so frustrating for you as you're watching it and then. And then, you know, what can we learn from it? What, what, what can we take from it? Um, it doesn't make, does it make you feel any worse about uh, WC's prospects going the rest of the season? Well, it certainly doesn't make my, make me feel any worse about our prospects. Um, you know, I mean, I've been a Coug fan long enough that playing top 10 USC on the road, uh, you know, for the, for, for, for basically ever was, was a no, a no chance situation. It was a, you know, you're going to go down there, you're going to get slapped and then you can come home. And it really didn't even matter 
like how good your team was, WCU's team was. Like it just it, it just didn't really matter that much. You know, you were gonna go down there, you were gonna get pounded, and then you could come back. Oh, yeah. And, I remember you know we, 2000, we, 2003, yeah. top ten WSU team goes down there, gets their butts kicked by three touchdowns. Yep. So Yep. Yeah. You know, and we talked last week about, you know, sort of how lopsided the the series is and you know, kind of all that stuff. So so all that to say to go down there and essentially play USC to more or less a statistical stalemate um, is is both awesome in the sense that you know we're we're every bit as good you know maybe USC is a little better uh, but they're not yeah. a lot better. So yeah, and, I'll give the uh, the, yeah. the adjusted scoring margin from Bill C's stats when he looks at what the you know he looks at how how his how his system would 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 think a game went based on the stats was six points, not 16 points. Yeah. So we'd probably feel a little bit better if this was, you know, 27, 21 or 30, 24, or, you know, something yep. that maybe more what the game felt like it should have been. Right. Yeah. To play them that close statistically and then not really be in it at the end is, is sort of really frustrating. <laughs> You know, and I was I was way more frustrated by this than I was by the Oregon game. And I know that's the opposite of what a lot of people experience, which is fine because I'm weird. But like the Oregon game, as we talked about before, was like, I mean, just Oregon was we were hanging on by a thread and Oregon was marching up and down the field. And we were just really relying on whether the ball actually got punched into the end zone. Like it just was like, man, if this game keeps going at some point they're going to break through and that happened. So when it eventually kind of all crumbled, I was like, not that I had like a fatalistic thing about it where I was like, yeah, we're going to lose. It wasn't like that. It was more just like, I mean, at some point this, this advantage that Oregon has everywhere except for on the scoreboard is going to pay off with USC. It was sort of the opposite where it was just like, they don't have this advantage really anywhere except on the scoreboard. And it's like, it just was that, that part of it, um, you know, was sort of maddening, you know, there's no shame in losing to a, to a top 10 USC team. And, you know, I really don't think that, um, you know, I don't think USC is, is a top 10 team as it is. Um, and I think pretty good evidence for that right now, or, or at least what we typically think of as a top 10 team. I think pretty good evidence for that right now is they are actually a three point underdog to us or to, uh, to Utah this weekend. Uh, so <laughs> you got your top 10 team, you got Utah fresh off of, uh, you know, basically getting whacked by UCLA and UCLA is, or USC is a three point dog. So I think that says something about USC's actual talent level, but you know, the voters think they're a top 10 team and it's not every day that you get the opportunity to beat a top 10 USC on the road. And, you know, we were kind of right there and we just, you know, it just, it just didn't happen, you know, for all the reasons we just talked about, whether it was the officiating, uh, the sequencing of those penalties, the sequencing of sacks, like, man, you name it. It was just, it was difficult. I will say USC did impress me in one aspect. Um, I really expected a very typical Alex Grinch defense and they were not that, um, like I expected sort of, you know, extremely aggressive, maybe slightly undisciplined, you know, really sort of playing for those negative plays. Um, you know, they really, their defense really sort of grinded it out. And I was, I was not really prepared for that. And they kind of choked our offense out in the second half. Um, I don't know how much I read into that, but you know, some of that is just USC's athletes and, and that happens sometimes, so, but yeah. 
So interesting to put a to put a num- some numbers to this. Uh, what Bill C has is uh, WSU only faced blitzes on temp- little about about ten percent of 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 uh, uh, dropbacks, and uh, while USC faced blitzes on almost twenty nine percent of dropbacks. Um, which that makes the sack rates look all the worse when you're looking at uh, WSU uh, giving up um, a drop, a sack on 12% of dropbacks, whereas USC was only 3%. While WSU is yep. sending all that pressure to, to try to get sacks, and it's just not <laughs> and, coming And home. Cam Ward probably escaped another half dozen sacks, as he has been doing. Like it was, you know, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, and um, so I think that's kind of a, a nice segue. Let's 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 look at the, the the whole of the the season so far. We're halfway through. We're six games through. They're four and two, which honestly, yeah. given the the three uh, three very difficult games that we saw on the schedule, if someone told you it would be three and three at this point, which is probably what both of us had, um, you wouldn't be that surprised. You might have thought maybe we'll get one of Oregon and USC, and they did. They got one or one of Oregon, USC, and Wisconsin. They got Wisconsin. It's probably the one I least thought they would get. Um, but yeah, so I, so far they're they're on track to get a bull berth. They definitely have enough winnable games down the stretch. You know, missing UCLA is looking a lot better right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I feel um, a little bit better about missing Colorado because uh, now we miss UCLA. Utah is actually looking a little bit more beatable than they were at the start of the season. Um, so th- there's some chinks in the armor there. So the back half, you know, you, this is a big one this weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, that will kind of, uh, I really think, set the stage for the rest of the way. But um, we always put way too much importance on single games as they go forward, but whatever. Um, we, what, it would be no, no fun if we didn't do that. Um, but Jeff, let's, I think it'd be, it'd be kind of a fun exercise here to get into kind of some simple grades over what the three main, how the three main units are doing. We're not talking about individuals. We'll talk about the offense, the defense and the special teams. So since you're a teacher, we'll give them letter grades. We can of course use plus <laughs> minuses. I know, I know you love those pluses and minuses. Um, uh, that yeah, it's you know, it's 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 a good thing. Like you know, not everyone falls into five. Let's give them just a few more. Um, so uh, let's start with uh special teams. Um, this is get probably gonna be the the most difficult one to rank, but um, but I, I'd say so. If you're gonna give uh, a plus down to F uh, for special teams so far this season. Just some context. Um, let's see. In, in terms of uh, uh, kicking so far, uh, you have uh, Dean Janikowski is five of seven. Um, but we have had some uh, nice kick returns, some nice punt returns from Farrell, some nice a nice kick return from Renard that really played a big role um, in, in a win at Wisconsin. So overall, given that, and, and the punting, uh, punting so far, we got 41 average Haberer, uh, 25 punts. That's too many punts. We'll get in the next, next, uh, next, uh, when we rate the offense on that one. But, um, but so, uh, Jeff, overall, given all, some of that context, uh, what are you feeling on, on how you'd rate special teams? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go straight a on this one. 
Um, I know that uh, Janikowski's missed a couple, but he, the two that he missed were against Idaho. He hasn't missed one since. He also hasn't taken one in two games, but but he he went you know four for his next four and against Wisconsin, Colorado State, and and then two for two against Oregon. Uh, so he's been good. Um, other than that little bit shaky start at the beginning, and then uh, Heber has been great punting the ball. Uh, as you mentioned, gotten some some nice kick returns. Renard Bell obviously had you know the big one that um, you know that changed the Wisconsin game. And then Farrell has been good on on punt returns. And then, of course, we've got uh, Theaker, who's handling kickoffs, and he's, like, just booming them out the back of the end zone, which is his job. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, I see – I mean, for all the years we've complained about special teams for various reasons, right? Like, so derisively calling them, you know, special forces over the years – like, I literally have nothing to complain about here. I think special teams have been fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Um, yeah, there's only been four kickoff returns th- against the Cougs this season. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's been, it been touchback city. There was one um, they tried to they, – they, they were trying more to pin it in the corner at the start of the year, but I think they've been yep. moved into just booting it straight out. You know, Ra- Rather than trying to goat them into a return that could risk a 40-yard line, just get the 25-yard line and call it good. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm – I'm I'm right there with you. I'm gonna go an A for special teams so far. Uh, they were a strength last year, um, and it's looking like again, especially with Haber now without an injury, is is looking like a very good punter. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go an A, and yeah, Jenikowski really has 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 gotten it together. But yeah, we'd like you know, um, he hasn't really got a lot of opportunities lately, but <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, moving to uh, the defense. Um, mm. So you know, kind of the the points per game twenty, uh, which of course there's been um, you know there's been at least one uh, defensive score that influenced that. Um, uh, but you know, uh, non w- without including sacks, three yards of rush attempt. Uh, overall, 5.37 yards per play. They've played a couple real good offenses so far in Oregon and USC um, and probably like a, a decent offense in Cal. And um, uh, so and, and, you know, probably a decent offense in Wisconsin as well. Uh, so, you know, they haven't been playing a bunch of scrubs. And, and so overall, you know, given that in there, like how are you feeling about the defense so far? Yeah, so what's kind of interesting is that you've got some games that were really, really, really good, uh, and then you've got one game that was really, really, really bad. Really, really bad. Really, really, really bad. And then you've got another game, uh, this last one, where it wasn't certainly wasn't bad, uh, but it definitely sort of faded down the stretch. Um, You know, we could theorize as to why that is. I, I sort of theorized like at some point they just sort of realized they were fighting a losing battle <laughs> with everything and kind of like, you know, kind of gave up that, you know, 2% that you normally need. And, and that's sort of yeah. where also, you know, Travis die in his, you know, 18th year of eligibility, you know, <laughs> doing what he was doing. So, I so I, I like, I, I find it difficult a little bit to balance all of that where they've been, you know, utterly dominant at times. And then also like, 
you know, not necessarily dominant, right? So right. I think I think I'm gonna go with a B plus. And like that kind of feels like a little low to me overall, but man, that Oregon game, that was just so bad. <laughs> like like and they just got absolutely just shredded every which way on that game. And if it wasn't for the red zone defense, which is legit and a really important thing, and so I'm not trying to discount that, but I'm saying like you know, if you're relying on that, that's that's a little bit more. I mean, there is some skill there, obviously, but there's also a bit of randomness, you know, built into that one as well. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm kind of dinging them for the for the Oregon game and a little bit also for the USC game, just sort of being unable to, um, you know, kind of bow up towards the end and, and kind of try to keep it close. Um, you know, they weren't really able to do that either. And again, you know, may have been legitimate reasons for that. You know, offense wasn't really doing anything either. Um, but you know, I think they would say in both of those games, they weren't really up to their standard either. So I, I think I feel comfortable with a B plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a B and, and just cause it's exactly what you, what, like you said, the Oregon, uh, game, they, it's basically that, that was on them as much as anything. Um, that, that was just a, a real bad performance. Um, yeah, that, you know, that there's the, the other performance has been good, um, it, there's just some things that, you know, I think they could do better. You know, you would hope that they could put more pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. Um, yeah. They 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 do have good ends, but they, I don't think they've been not quite as effective at uh, getting to the quarterback at times. Um, yeah. um, and so that, that's been a bit disappointing. Um, so I think some injuries in the back end definitely have impacted this grade. And, and so the grade could get better with, with Lee play, man, hopefully Lee stays healthy. And um, so that, that's what you hope for. I definitely think they have the potential for an A in the second half uh, for sure. Um, you know, they, they've had some, you know, bad turnover luck at times. Maybe if that, they get a little bit better there. Um, Cause that's a really big part. And yeah, they just need you know more loss attempt, loss plays in the in the passing game, and more consistently. Um, um, just because they they're so reliant on those negative plays that they're so reliant on havoc that when they go without it, uh, they really suffer. So so you're hoping that um, down we can give them an A in the second half if maybe the pass rush gets a little better. The the uh, the back end is able to cover, give up fewer big plays in the passing game. Yeah. That would be nice. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where their room for improvement from a B to an A would be for me. Yeah. I think that the other thing that helps is you're not gonna, I, I don't, maybe Washington is, is an offense on par with Oregon or USC. So, you know, that that's probably the one, but that's also, I feel good about the fact that one's in Pullman in in the end of at the end of november so yeah um you know the 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 level of of offenses they're gonna face i think is a notch down from uh from the the two good ones they had to see in the first half so that's a good thing too today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, 
Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Yeah. So let's move on finally. To, let's wrap this up with, with the offense. Um, so offense, they um, really uh, kind of sputtered out of the gate against Idaho and Wisconsin. Uh, looked a little bit better against uh, Colorado State and Oregon. Um, solid against uh, Cal, struggled again against um, USC. There's been some turnover issues at, side from, at times from Cam Ward uh, and, you know, some fumble problems in the first game at times. Uh, they definitely have seemed to be on, a, on an upward trajectory. Now the USC game, maybe notwithstanding, uh, they're at 5.9 yards of play overall. Um, you know, the, the, so given a lot of this information, um, how would you rate uh, WSU's offense for the first six games? Yeah, so I've I've written at times about how, you know, the offense was kind of on schedule. You know, it was on track. It was, you know, kind of it was getting better week by week. And, you know, those things all felt good. And then, you know, and then USC happened. And, you know, as I mentioned, USC is sort of one of those where like over the years, I've just watched so many times over the years where, you know, we go play USC and we just get overwhelmed by their athletes like that. That is a very typical you know, WSU, USC thing to happen. And, you know, the inconsistency of the offense is, is a little bit maddening. I mean, yes, they are, they were sort of on this linear improvement track, but um, they're, you know, within games, right. There are struggles and difficulties. The first half against Cal was, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty frustrating. And then, you know, of course they come out, they put, you know, three touchdowns on them in the second half and win going away. So that's all great. the inconsistency makes me want to feel like I want to grade them like down in the C range. But like, I don't know, man, it's hard to look at a team that's four and two and go like, and sit here and say the offense has somehow been really bad because it hasn't, you know, there've been times when it's been ineffective, but you know, on the whole, I mean, the team's not four and two if the offense is horrendous. Right. So I, I'm going to go with a B minus. I'm going to take them just a hair out of the C range, give them a B minus, not quite good enough, not quite up to the standard that we expect, but also enough good things that, you know, the team has been able to achieve at a level that, that I think, you know, like you said, is, you know, four and two, uh, you know, I, I, you didn't make any predictions on the Kook Center staff predictions. I don't remember what we did on the, on the podcast, but I know that my predictions on the Kook Center staff predictions was three and three. So it's hard for me to be too down on the offense, you know, for whatever inconsistencies, given that, you know, the team really is in a great spot, especially when you look at the second half and and maybe we'll talk about this in a minute, but, you know, look at the second half of the schedule, man, there's a lot of wins hanging out there. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm encouraged, but there's definitely, uh, it could have been better and definitely room for improvement. Yeah. uh, Again, I'll go slightly, I guess I'm a little harder, greater than you. And I know when I was a student teaching, uh, I had a I had a problem with that, but so I'm gonna yeah, go I'm just with a with softy. a yeah. I'll, I'll go with a C plus, <laughs> just a little bit, a little half grade below you. Um, yep. Totally uh, the, fair. The, the C plus, yeah, just because. In honestly, it's exactly what we were worried about at the start of the year. What I think what has really held this team back is the offensive line play, and it and yep. it and when you're talking about the inconsistencies. It's usually because Cam is under duress. 
And now he's made some, you know, some bad mistakes on his own, but still it's usually because he's getting flushed out of the pocket. He's not able to sit and, and, and survey the defense. So yeah, it, that's a bit that's that. So that was kind of our biggest weakness coming in. Now, Running back has been a much stronger point, which that could be an issue going forward. But running back has been a much stronger point than I thought it would be. Receivers have been probably, you know, they've been good. But I think with now since Farrell's come along, they maybe have a, an added dimension that maybe they would look better overall if he had played the whole season. Um, so, yeah. I th- so in terms of room for improvement, I think Cam uh, will continue to get better. Um, it was encouraging that he didn't turn the ball over, given how much duress he was under that entire game. Um, yeah. And, and you know, so if, if he cuts down turnovers and they're not playing such a stifling defense in the future, you know, such a stifling front four that can just destroy your offensive line every game, he's maybe, you know, going to be able to put some bigger numbers. CWSU maybe crack 30 more in the second half. But so far... C plus, um, but hoping for improvement. Um, so given that we what we've graded them, uh, let's look at the let's quickly look at the back half. There's some things to worry about. Um, uh, first off, we we have both uh, Renard Bell and Nakia Watson suffered injuries against USC, and we don't really know when they're going to come back or if they're going to come back. Uh, yeah, so it that's sound, it that's, does not yeah. sound good. <laughs> yeah. When a coach is like, uh, they're out indefinitely, it's like, yeah, maybe we'll have them back for a bowl game. That's kind of yeah. That's that's, that's kind of how, how I read, I read it too. That. So, which yeah. is not good. Yeah, because you know we're talking about Jalen Jacobs looked awesome against USC, but um, it, can he handle, you know, a bigger lo- workload um, and all that? You know, he's still a freshman running back. Maybe that turns out to be maybe he turns out to be a, a superstar and and he just plays his uh you know plays his butt off. But you know can he can he survive getting eighteen touches every single game? Eighteen you know um, we'll see. Uh, they're definitely gonna. I think he's he's definitely gonna be the number one back and and they don't have a lot behind him. Um, so I think that's, that's the bigger issue. I yeah. think that's the bigger issue. It's what's behind him, right? Like, like, are you ready for Cannon Katzer to get, you know, 25, 30 snaps? You know, maybe not that many, maybe like 20, 25 snaps, yeah. something like that. That seems, look, you know, God bless him. And he looked pretty good, you know, in the one the one uh, spot where he got in, but that was, you know, Colorado State. So, yeah, I think that that's the part that's more worrying is, you know, it's, it's not so much losing that guy. It's that, you know, because Nakia Watson's great you know, and I wish he was playing, but it's like, essentially you're replacing Nikia Watson with Cannon Katzer. You're not replacing Nikia Watson with Jalen Jenkins, right? Yes. Um, and kind of the same thing at receiver, Renard Bell, same deal. You know, you're replacing Renard Bell with, I don't know, probably Lincoln Victor, right? Like, I think kind of that's what had happened was, you know, yeah. Bell and, and Farrell were kind of taking the inside spots. Lincoln Victor had been getting some work outside. So he probably moves back in. Orion Peters probably gets some more play. That's all great. Renard Bell gave your offense something that nobody else on the roster does, which is just pure speed. Um, he just, his speed is not matched by anybody on the, on the team, you know, so you are taking that, you know, we really could have used that against USC, right? I mean, just somebody to, to make you, 
respect the deep pass. And, and so without him, you kind of saw what happened there. So I think that's the concern there with Bell being out is, you know, you just, you lose your one guy who really was um, a guy who could stretch the field. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously you don't want to lose anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, to have two starters uh, be missing on uh, that, that's going to be rough and it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, it seemed like Bernard was coming around and, and getting comfortable with Cam and, and then suddenly oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's getting, it's gone. <laughs> coming off one of the bigger games of his career, right? Against, against yeah. California. So yeah, such a bummer, man. I don't know. Maybe he can get an eighth year. Yeah. <laughs> Probably doesn't. Football's, are, football's, football's a brutal sport, man. It is, um, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, so back half, you know, considering maybe those guys won't be there, back half, you got uh, you got at Oregon State, home for Utah on a Thursday, at Stanford, Arizona State, at Arizona, UW. Yeah. So Sounds like wins. Yeah. So I think like, so yeah, we'll talk about Oregon State in a sec. That's gonna be one of the tougher ones, I think, at Oregon State. Uh, the I say I say the three toughest ones would be at Oregon State, Utah, and and UW at home. Um, and then Stanford, that would be an extremely disappointing one to lose. So would Arizona State at home in November be? Now Tempe in November, I don't know. Like it's yeah, I don't know. Jaden Delora revenge game. Who knows? You mean Tucson? Yeah, Tucson. Yeah, I mean Tucson. Yeah, but Tucson. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, Tucson. Whatever. Arizona, the state of Arizona. Yep. Um, yep. Visiting yep. that is just a nightmare. Um, yeah, Tucson, Jane Delore revenge game. Um, uh, it that's that one's you. You never know. Like Arizona doesn't look great, but um, you know we we're not exactly we're not in a position to just dominate anybody right now. We'll see. Um, but that Cal game gives you hope that you can beat those kind of bottom half uh, yeah. um, Pac-12 teams, and and then and then uh, so yeah, you're looking at you you could potentially if you're looking at coin flip game, Oregon State coin flip, Stanford it should be favored uh, at Arizona probably WSU will be slightly favored Arizona State WSU be probably favored pretty uh, solidly. Um, you look at those four games, if there's like one coin flip in there, uh, and then you dub, I think is probably coin flip. Um, so you, if you be, if you can get Oregon state and you dub, you could potentially looking at going on a huge run down the stretch. Yeah. But it's, you know, those, those two games specifically, I think, um, tell you what could be the, you know, kind of linchpin on if you're an eight or nine win team. Or a seven win team. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it right now. I think they win five of those six. That's like, that's how good I'm feeling about what they're doing right now. I don't know, you know, which five, <laughs> but it's like, you know, Oregon state, you know, as we've talked about, we we've beaten them eight times in a row. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad that Oregon state pulled out that game against Stanford because I think that maybe gives them a little bit of a tiny, little false sense of security, right? Oh yeah. You know, we did it. Um, I also think maybe there's like a non-zero chance that they were looking ahead to the game against us. Uh, cause I, I, I think those guys are really, really, really tired of losing to us. Uh, yeah. but still, you know, it's, it, I, I think we're a better team than, than Oregon state. 
Um, and I think, you know, the results have sort of have borne that out. And then, you know, Utah, well, Utah is not, you know, Utah is not what we thought they were, you know, um, they, the, the defense is not the monster that, that sort of we anticipated, you know, they lose to Florida and we're like, ah, well, you know, Florida. And it's like, nah, it turns out Florida is actually not very good. Right. And then they go down they get smacked by UCLA. Now I think UCLA is good, but like, you know, I kind of expected Utah to put up a fight there and, and, you know, they just played, you know, pretty terribly. So, um, and that's a Thursday and it's in Pullman. So I like those factors, you know, Arizona state is it, is, uh, is it home state at Stanford, right? That that's, again, that's another team that, you know, we seem to just be beating Stanford, you know, looks bad right now. It takes an extraordinary effort for them to just stay close to Oregon state. Somebody was saying, not, I shouldn't say somebody, it was, I was listening to the Canzano and Wilner podcast. And they were talking about how, like, I think they were saying that Stanford has lost something like 10 or 11 straight games to power five opponents, which is just like mind boggling. And not only that, but almost all of them have been more than a touchdown, like not even close, you know? So that's a game they should win. Arizona state at home is a game they should win at Arizona is a game they should win. And then the apple cup, which of course, you know, whatever, but you know, we're all feeling like, Hey, maybe, you know, we can win that game again, <laughs> you know, after last year and it's in Pullman. Yeah. yeah. Washington's offense is great, but you know, the, the weather's probably not going to be, uh, you know, super conducive to whatever, you know, Washington wants to try and do. So, you know, I wouldn't put the odds on finishing six and oh, but I'm also like, yeah, I, you know, I think five wins is extremely doable. I think four wins is acceptable. I think six wins is on the table. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it, it feels good. I, 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 it's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting that I, I think this weekend it, it, it might, might tell us a little bit, um, or it'll just be, you know, Oregon state might just come out real pissed. Um, so let's, let's talk about, since let's, let's talk about, um, you know, yeah, like I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, uh, four, four more wins, feels feels very right to, like I could see that happening and and getting to eight and four feel I feel very good about eight and four this season um given what we, our expectations were in the start um yep and given given the the new staff and everything that would be uh, just a continuation of kind of like a level of success we've we've almost come to expect but we never we don't really expect it because we just kind of can't believe it over and over again. But if, if we could do that, it <laughs> yeah, would be that. That's so true. Um, like we've been winning eight games a year for, you know, roughly eight games a year for how long now? <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're like, go look at this. We might win eight games. Holy shit. Yeah, you're totally right. So, so yeah, let's, let's now let's dig into Oregon state for a bit. Um, so they, uh, they are, they uh, once again um, had everyone uh, feeling like, they were over the, you know, kind of over the edge, like that they've, they've, they've gotten over the hump. Uh, they, they've really arrived as a program again, uh, under, under Sir Jonathan Smith. But, um, it, it seems like, uh, they they aren't a, a ton better than they were last year. Um, despite maybe some of their, their early, you know, that Boise State win looked huge, but Boise State doesn't look very good. Um, that come Fresno on a State. Bit, but yeah. Yeah. I'm um, they're, they're definitely not the Boise State of the past. Uh, Fresno yeah. State, uh, not very good. 
Uh, they haven't. They've lost every game uh, since, including using to losing to UConn um, since playing Oregon State. Um, that Southern Cal result, you know, our game might have looked like that if a couple things swung a, diff- a little bit differently. But uh, also Southern Cal, they they were at home. That's different. At Utah, I think they got a little unlucky to be. But seriously, what the what's the big concern with them? Is their quarterback? Yeah, like they they have just had um, obscenely poor quarterback play, and they've tried a few guys in there. Uh, Chance Nolan has been the starter. Um, that you know he's been taking. You know he didn't play against Stanford, uh, but he was just an interception machine. Um, yep. They they bring in uh, what is it Goldbrinson. Um, so he, I think, I think he started against Stanford, right? Um, let me look at his game log. Yeah. So he was a starter, pretty solid game against Stanford. Um, so, you know, it'd be kind of like, it would kind of suck if, if he like, has kind of steadied that position for them for, for, for the right. Cause Chance Nolan really was hurting them. Um, yeah. but so he, he but Stanford again, it's like, Stanford's defense has gotten pretty yeah. shredded. How much are you going to so, read into that? Yeah, so is it, you know, it's it's hard to say. When like he did 9 yards in attempt, two touchdowns, no picks. Like that's that's impressive. Um but but yeah, but it, so is Goldbrinson the guy? Who knows. He's also I think like a redshirt freshman, like a uh, a weird one. Like I think he's a 2020 kid, but he still I think technically is a redshirt freshman or whatever. Um but so he hasn't played much. Uh, so that'd be, that'd be interesting. Uh, of course, we've had success of with, you know, one particular quarterback that hadn't played much against Oregon state. So maybe they're looking to pay that back. Um, so yeah, what, you know, early in the season, it was just like, Oh man, they're, how are they going to beat that many people with this terrible quarterback play? Maybe they've studied it a bit. I don't know. Um, it, it's hard to tell when a guy has only thrown roughly like 60 passes, um, He's done a, a nice job, like a decent job with what he's had. Um, so it'll be interesting what Goldbrinson has. Um, it, it, otherwise, you know they're they're still uh, they're still a, a running uh, first squad. Um, they definitely run a lot more than they pass, um, and they seem to just find like solid backs over and over again, which is kind of. But I guess if you run the ball a lot you're going to attract some solid backs every once in a while, right? Yeah, I would think so. They, they Look, the Goldbrinson stats look very much like what you expect from an Oregon State quarterback, right? Like they're going to run the ball, and they are going to throw off of play action. They're going to take deep shots. But with Goldbrinson, when you look at, well, the way they won the game, right? So 56-yard touchdown pass on a pass that, Really Not a never good pass. Should have been complete. <laughs> okay, so let's just be let's just be honest about about what happened there. It did happen. It factors into the stats, so you know you can't take it away. But if we did take it away, then all of a sudden he's nineteen for twenty seven for one hundred and ninety four yards, and his yards per attempt is seven point two, and one instead touchdown. of eight point nine, right? And one touchdown, and maybe even an interception if. I don't know what that guy was doing, you know? So 
yeah, so he doesn't scare me. Look, we made it's it's funny. We used to have this, you know, running joke at Coog Center that uh, you know, back when the defense was good under Grinch, um, whatever that was, 2017, right? And there was yeah. kind of this running joke that we would uh, you know, we were we were our defense was so good because we kept playing shitty quarterbacks. And it was like, yes, that true. But also like a lot of teams have shitty quarterbacks, right? And so if you've got quarterbacks that, you know, a quarterback that's, that's maybe not great, that seems to be when we've got good defenses, that really seems to be where we feast. And, you know, there's really no reason to think that, um, you know, Oregon state's going to be able to run up and down the field. It's not like they have this amazing, incredible rushing attack and you're just, you know, they're hoping to survive their quarterback. It's kind of like the way we thought about Wisconsin. Obviously that's not what they turned out to be, but that's kind of what we thought of Wisconsin, right? Like, you know, you load the box and try to stop the run and, and just take your chances with the quarterback. Well, you know, we've already shown we can do that. And I think that that's kind of what, you know, you're looking at in this game is something approximating that. So I love our chances defensively to, to really, really hold them down. Yeah, their their running game isn't particularly explosive. It's just a, it's a grind, and so they chip at you. They chip at you. Yep. Now the one thing that Nolan had that Goldbrinson doesn't seem to have is a little bit of mobility and the ability uh-huh. to pick up yardage with his feet. Um, yep. So that kind of that having Goldbrinson in there, who I mean, he, he could move. He has not so far. Um, it, having having him in there. Maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off the defensive ends, um, having to think about where he is and if he can take off and gain yardage outside the pocket or inside, you know, up the middle or whatever. Um, so that takes a little bit of pressure off of them um, to be able to rush quarterback. Now, Oregon State has not given up many sacks um, so far this season, uh, only six um, on a. A hundred and seventy-three dropbacks, so that's a that's a good rate. Um, so this one, you know, this game is not to me going to come down the pass rush. It's going to be the lost plays on the lost plays and the no gains on yeah. on running running games because that is where that is where uh, Oregon State wants to establish themselves. So if you can if you can put them in passing downs, that is where you want to be um, and. And so that's that's going to be the key. Are they going to get lost plays in the, in the passing? I don't think, you know, look for incompletions and, and short completions in the passing game. But I don't think I wouldn't expect a lot of sacks there. Uh, but I would I would expect, um, you know, uh, they, they have given up, you know, 26 tackles for loss, roughly four a game. Um, I could see WSU going over that since they're, you know, they're particularly good at that um, in the run game. So 26. Uh, so 20 in the run game so far. Um, so they don't get sacked a lot. You know, they have a good, pretty good stuff rate. Um, or uh, They don't get um, tackled um, behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Or so their stuff rate is pretty solid, but you know, I, I, I can see WSU containing them and, and making them grind and, and, and eventually leading to maybe Goldbertson makes a mistake or forcing him into, into tough throws and things like that. You know, I, I could see that happening. So yeah, I feel Feel pretty solid about about where the defense is at against Oregon State's offense. Yep, and then offensively, like that's kind of that's the big question, right? Like, yeah. Oregon State might feel as good about their defense against our offense as we we feel about our defense against their offense, right? 
Yeah, so uh, Oregon State has got after the quarterback not really much. Um, they only have five sacks total on the season. Um, and two of them are from defensive backs, and one of them is from an outside linebacker. So I, I that, to me, that makes me feel better about uh, WSU because really where WSU has struggled is in pass protection. Their, their run blocking hasn't been always amazing, but it hasn't been uh, extremely detrimental like the pass blocking has been at times. So I, I, I feel pretty good about Cam staying pretty clean in this. Um, cause Oregon state's really not looking to get after the quarterback that much. And so yeah. what does encourage me is that, um, if Oregon state's going to stay back and play in zone Camson cam was actually really good in against zone in, in against USC. He's been pretty good against zone find those spots. Um, that would be encouraging. Now I can't tell you exactly how they play. If they play a lot of man and stuff, I've watched Oregon state, but I haven't paid attention that closely to see kind of how, <laughs> yeah. uh, what type of defenses they throw out there. Um, but, you know, if if Cam can stay um, clean, I like our outside receiver's chance. I like even without Renard, I, you know, like Farrell's ability to get open and um, even Lincoln Victor, if he's in there, ability to get open and, and, and get some um, plays in the passing game. Because if really Cam has – when Cam has stayed clean, like he's had some really impressive throws. If he can – throw without moving because even if he's been able to stay still and even if he's getting his he throws he's he's put some balls in the money so um if he can actually stay in the pocket a little bit more that's really encouraging and and like i said oregon state has not uh really uh gotten after the quarterback that much this year in terms of uh, of sacks so uh that's nice now if you're looking at running they have you know logged a pretty uh nice number 23 tackles for loss on the season so far. So, um, over four a game. Um, so that maybe is something, um, you, you look at. And also, again, a lot of those are from you know, they're, those aren't coming from the defensive line. This is similar to what we're the, was that the org? What, what game team did, was that Cal Cal was the other team that wasn't really getting pressure from its, uh, um, defensive line and, and, you know, WC's offense, uh, take out a couple real bad throws and they were pretty much moving the ball pretty well against Cal. So um, if, if they, if they can replicate that, maybe this, this seems like a defense that's about on the level of what Cal is maybe a little bit worse than Cal's defense. Um, and so, uh, but maybe with maybe some better uh, players, maybe they can have like higher ups, higher, lower downs, whatever. Um, so it, it'll be, be, be interesting to see um, if, if, because, if they could put out that performance, if they could go, can they go 30 plus against this defense? I, I see it's possible. And, you know, it depends on obviously the possessions, how, how much Oregon state is chewing clock with their run game and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I see that I could see them be pretty efficient against this defense. If they, given how, you know, how often WC throws and how, how little uh, Oregon state gets negative plays in, in, in the passing game. So interestingly, coming into the season, the the Beavers' defense was thought to be the team's strength, that this was kind of the thing that was impressive and that they were going to be better and, and that, you know, the, the offense, you know, might have some questions at quarterback, but the defense should be solid. Uh, if I'm looking at – I'm looking at FEI right now. Uh, they He ranks – his system ranks their defense as 73rd overall. 
<laughs> not good. Yeah. Not good. And Oregon State is 58th overall. Their offense is 48th. So, um, yeah, not not great. Not great at all. Um, and, in fact, you know, WSU's ranked 30th <laughs> after losing to USC. So, uh, FEI likes our chances in this game by, like, uh, 10 points, 11 points, I think, something like that. Uh, so, you know, predicting that spread. Also predicted a close game last week. Obviously, the margin uh, was not at the, as close as it was predicted, but, you know, we, we sort of went over the reasons for that because so much of that was actually really even. So, I, yeah, their defense is uh, is not, you know, there's not any reason to think their defense is all that special. Um, you know, playing on the road is obviously challenging and difficult, so I think I think that's maybe – um, you know, part of what we need to factor in here, but I mean, and I yeah, think I even uh, even given the even given the you know the the state of their stadium currently, I think it'll be a pretty yeah. good crowd. They'll be hyped. Um, they yeah. really want to beat us again. Um, yes. uh, so um, I, I'll, I'll, one more uh, other kind of statistical proje- projection I see um, stats of war. Now, I'm pretty sure. Um, his uh, numbers are missing the Wisconsin game because he, he he somehow didn't get that in there somewhere. So a lot of his stuff for WSU is a little bit of grain salt. He projects W or Oregon State to win by about the the uh, margin by uh, thirty three one and a half to twenty seven. So a little bit over the uh, the Vegas prediction. Um, so that that's interesting. Um, but we, then we have FEI, Fremo's stuff is saying WSU by 10. Uh, it's actually yeah, it, a little bit less. It's 8.3, but still 8.3. That's a pretty yeah. big swing when you look at the two systems, but also not including yeah. Wisconsin's kind of a big deal. Cause even, uh, yeah, like just that game. <laughs> yeah. That's a really, really thinking. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, let's, um, let's move to our predictions um, it, what, how are you feeling? What is your score prediction? Um, one thing we haven't done, maybe we could move for the second half of the season. Let's start, um, let's start doing our, fir- our first half and second half scores again. You remember okay. we used to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know that's the thing you can gamble on. Uh, so let's, yes, let's it do it. Um, draft Kings. Yeah, I also saw, you know, I get I get like the gambling emails, like the media emails or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I saw for for like the Monday night game, you could have picked um who would be the the first to get like a personal foul call oh, or yeah. whatever, like it was it was crap like that. Um yeah. so uh so yeah, um so let's go um with your uh first half score uh for Wazoo at Oregon State. Yeah. Oh, I, you surprised me with this one. I hadn't really given much much thought to how uh, each half would go. I know you're evil. Um, yeah, I you know I, I tend to think that it's going to kind of maybe be a little bit of a cagey affair early. Uh, you know, each I, I think that that has tended to kind of be the case uh, for WSU at least. Not, not all games, but you know, obviously Oregon was was a bit different, but. You know, most of the other games, I guess Colorado State was different too, <laughs> but most of the other games, the other four games, a uh, little bit slow-ish at least. So uh, so I'm going to go relatively low scoring in the first half. I'm going to say I'm going to go 13-13 tie game at half, first half. All right, 13-13. 
Um, yeah, I'm going equally cagey, but I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring. And I'm going to say uh, WSU takes a 10-7 lead going into halftime. Okay. All right. Now, how about what is your final score? Yeah, so bigger second half. Uh I I you know, I like our chances. Again, it's uh you know, I I don't see any real reason to think that Oregon State is vastly improved over where they've been. Uh I think this year's team, this year's WSU team uh is better than what they've been the last couple of years. So, when you put those two things together, you know, I think we end up pulling away. Uh, I think it ends up being something like uh I'm going to go 31 to 20. Like it's 13, 13 at half 31. Well, 31. Okay. How do we get to 31 from 13, 18 point? That seems weird. How about Uh, you're going to go for it somewhere? Let's go go. 30 to 20. Yeah. We're not going to go. We're not going to go for it. So let's go 30 to 20. We put up another 17 because 17, seven in the second half, 30 to 20 comfortable win in Corvallis, which I know is completely against the MO of this series recently, which has just been sort of batshit crazy. Um, The last three games have been down to the wire and, you know, knuckle bangers but like yeah i i i like this one i'm thinking i'm thinking we cruise yeah you know i i just i can't you know i like you said it's hard for me to to predict like a a crew like an easy win in corvallis um they just seem to get hyped to play wazoo um so i think it'll be a, a little bit closer in the second half i think wsu does prevail well and i'll say um, it'll come down uh, to a to a, a defensive stop at the end, uh, but they do win twenty seven twenty one. So seven seventeen fourteen second half. WSC's got to get a stop there at the end, and they get it, and Cougs uh, like win. I like um, it. Yeah. So I had twenty seven twenty one. You had thirty to twenty. Uh, both would be just happy. I, either one would be great for me. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, we'll now that we've covered football, uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about um, how the weekends went for uh, soccer and volleyball, and maybe we'll look at some some emails uh, as well. I think I got at least one. Um, so Ooh. we'll do that when we when we get back. Yes. Uh, so, Jeff, um, before we get into all those things I talked about, uh, I would like to know, what are you drinking? Well, as we mentioned last week, it's, you know, it's fresh hop season. So I, I picked up, you know, I have I have an assortment of fresh hop beers in my refrigerator. This one is uh, the Applause Fresh Hop IPA with Bravo, brewed in front of a live studio audience, Craig. I'm sure it was. Brewed by... Yes, brewed by Sig Brewing and Vice Beer. Collaboration. Uh, Let's see. We teamed up with the new kids on the block at Vice Beer for a fresh hop IPA that's worth its applause. Fresh Bravo hops were sourced from Roy Farms for flavors of candied lime, sweet fruit, and floral notes. 
uh, as you might expect, the floral notes kind of dominate on a uh, on a fresh hop beer. Yeah, uh, but it is it's absolutely delicious. I love it uh, as I would expect from. I don't know anything about Vice. You probably do, uh, but no, as I, I would expect from Sig, it's it's completely delicious. So yeah, I love it. I wish I had another one. I should have bought two. I do. I do not know a single thing about Vice except I no. There, okay, I know one thing. They're in Vancouver. That's all I know. Okay. Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington. Washington? Oh. Yeah, Vancouver, well, Washington. Um, I like that. Which, you know, kind of like on the back of being so close to Portland, I think has, has its own, like, nice uh, uh, beer scene in its own right. Just kind of yep. kind of like the spreading out from the Portland beer scene. Um, so applause. I haven't had that one. Sounds good. Um so I think I'm, I'm drinking a, a fresh hop again. Um, I think it's probably like the fourth straight week or so that I've had a fresh hop. Woo. Um, yeah. So this one I, I, I do, I am uh, risking everything and doing an Oregon beer. Um, so Ooh. this one is, I know, right? Uh, this is, uh, uh, but it's fun name. So it's, Level beer game on, which is like a year round IPA that they make. It's got like a Super yes. Mario's brother label, yep, Super I've Mario Brothers label. But so it looks exactly like the same label that it always is. But on the bottom, they put Simcoe Coleman Farms, and then it was uh canned on 9 6 2022. Uh, so that'll tell you that it is fresh hop because of they labeled like that. So this is a Simcoe Coleman Farms one. It's a little, getting a little up there in age for a fresh hop, uh, but I just grabbed it the other day. Um, you know, I like it's, it. Be, I've never done a level beer before, um, so I thought it'd be uh, good to do that. Um, very, very uh, dank IPA, which no, no, no surprise with the Simcoe hops. Um, it's very dank, uh, good bitterness. It's a clean, it's a West Coast IPA, I would say, like or at least a Northwest IPA. Um, you know, those California, Southern California people protect that West Coast IPA moniker, but um, pretty solid beer. Um, they say it is barn brewed in Portland, Oregon. This is, I mean, that is some Portland ass hipster shit right there. Um, but this is um, uh, another part of a, a long line of, of the tradition of kind of, uh uh towing the line with ip theft in in the branding of beer now <laughs> now i'm not i'm not you know level they're they're like let's 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 theme after video games obviously there's a million breweries that do heavy metal and you know other things yes. like that so i'm not gonna give them that but man this looks a lot like mario brothers and they're definitely trying to hit you with that nostalgia um yep. so I poured it in my barley, my usual barley wine glass, which is actually made the design on it. This is the Christmas version of it. Um, is made to kind of make fun of that kind of uh, culture of IP theft. So it's got this like uh, walrus that kind of looks like Mega Man, and he's shooting cease and desist letters out. <laughs> um, so if 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 you've ever if you follow my Twitter, you see me drink a barley wine. I always drink um it out of these glasses but um yep. so this is kind of playing on that um this is i'll tell you not as aggressive i've seen them they just straight up call it like ninja turtle ipa and it looks just like ninja turtles or whatever so this could right. be much worse uh but yeah solid beer i saw it all around um 
uh, very good stuff. Um, it, it is, it's a, it's a cute design with like the, the brewer and everything on the side instead of Mario, all that stuff. Um, yeah, solid beer, uh, especially, you know, that it's nice to see a brewery kind of have one of their flagship beers be this style and not like a hazy or something. So kind of a bit of a throwback there. Um, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, so level beer game on fresh hop, uh, with Sibco from Coleman farms, uh, which, um, so, so yeah, um, uh, I could, yeah, so I guess now we can move on after now we've uh, feeling a little better. Um, had, had a beer. I'm getting over some of my sadness, hopefully. So starting to look forward um, out into yeah. the world, knowing uh, things aren't over. And when I do get to go to an actual Mariners playoff game on Saturday and, and hopefully hopefully one on Sunday as well. Um, uh, so, yeah, like now, but... Um, one of our favorite things to talk about, usually because it's like lots of good news, uh, but not this weekend, is the Wazoo soccer team uh, had a little had a had a rough weekend, uh, to put it lightly. Um, yeah, was it? We were kind of hoping for uh, a pair of wins, uh, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I think that I was. I was hoping for, for a four pointer that that's kind of what I was looking for was, you know, beat Cal or beat, yeah, beat Cal, uh, and then, and then get a draw with Stanford. Uh, that's, that's what I was shooting for. And we got neither of those results, uh, walked out of California with zero points, uh, lost to Cal and that game. I did not watch it. Uh, but I looked at the, uh, at the stats afterward, there were three goals scored in the game. Uh, two by Cal, one by us, and and Cal was ahead the vast majority of the game. Um, yeah. So you know we scored our goal in the I don't know eighty eighth minute or something like it was. Yeah, it, it was really very was late, <laughs> extremely late. Uh, only three shots on goal <laughs> in that game, and all three of them ended up in the back of the net. So I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Um. You know, it was, it was yeah. dis- extremely disappointing result for sure. So one of Cal, one of Cal's goals was a PK. That's um, right. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, this isn't one of those that we've had time and time again this season where they dominated. It, at least it doesn't look like from the statistics that they dominated. Um, and then uh, you know the, the shots were even. The shots on goal, obviously two to one, and. One of those was a PK, so that's kind of you know you give it that like a half shot on goal sometimes, but um, right. um, so it's it's uh, uh, so this was just yeah they they didn't they didn't bury anyone this time. This is a you know the match I guess they uh, it was kind of fifty fifty, and when you when you give up a PK, that's how you lose a fifty fifty uh, game. And yeah, uh, real bummer though because that was a it's a team that. Um, kind of middle of the pack in the pack 12 it would have been nice to see that they could uh, take them down even on the road yeah i mean that's you know if you're if you're a contender which i think they fancied themselves a contender uh that's that's a game you win right like that's not a that's uh <laughs> that's not that's not a game that you uh that you lose so you know cal's not bad but also that's that's a game you should win so really disappointing to not get any points there because you knew you were heading to Stanford and that was going to be a very difficult day game. You know, Stanford ranked 15th. 
um, but also, you know, clearly sort of, you know, has their sights set on potentially challenging for the Pac-12 title as they do, you know, most years. Uh, you know, they've won national championships and things like that. And so, you know, you knew that one was going to be tough and, and, and it turned out, Craig, shockingly, it, it was very tough. Yeah, this is, I think this is really um, probably the first time all season that they got really outplayed. Um, yep. They, they uh, if really you look at the only step, time. the only time. Um, yeah, so, and uh, the WC's goal, I think it was an own goal. Um, but the, the box, the box score, apparently do they not, they apparently don't award, they don't list own goals and, uh, uh, NCAA box scores. Cause it just says goal by WSU team. Um, yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, uh, Stanford 22 shots, 10 on goal versus WSU six and four. Um, yeah, that's, that's, we haven't seen numbers like that all nope. season. That's just nope. not not, not did, been common. I did watch that game. Um, they were they were extremely tough. Uh, WSU was. They they played extremely tough. They you know they they gave up what was a great goal. It was a, it was a free kick, uh, just outside the box on the left hand side, kind of a bender into the corner. Uh, Nadia Cooper did great, even to get fingertips to it, but that was it. Uh, no no. I don't know that there's a uh, college women's uh, goalkeeper that was stopping that shot. Like you've got, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, and, and I, I'm not trying to be sexist, but a man is taller, right? So our goalkeepers, you know, you look at MLS, you know, keepers are typically six one, six two, six three, six four, right? If if you know if Nadia Cooper is six two, six three, maybe she stops that, but Nadia Cooper is, I don't know, five nine, five ten, something like that, right? So she gets a fingertip to it. Incredible shot. Really not stoppable. WCU pulls back their own. Uh, it was a free kick. Uh, you know, they again, they did this thing that they that they do fairly regularly is, you know, instead of playing the, the free kick from, and now this wasn't a corner kick, but it was in the same vicinity as a corner kick because of where the foul occurred, um, where they, you know, instead of kicking it kind of right in front of goal to get ahead on it, which they do, plenty sometimes they will kind of float it to the back post and then just kind of smash it back across goal and try and punch it in from there and that's exactly what happened Makaya Maness uh you know was was waiting at the back post punched it back across the middle and then Stanford you know botched the whole thing and ended up in the goal it was great definitely I mean like sometimes with an own goal you're like oh well that was really lucky I mean that was one where they definitely made their own luck I mean WCU had lots of bodies in front of goal if Stanford plays it differently, I mean, there's, there's a decent chance somebody from WSU just punches it in anyway. So, um, so really good goal, one, one at half. And then second half, you know, Stanford's second goal, uh, they had a speedy little winger. Cannot remember her name cause I'm not looking at the stats right now, but very speedy little winger, uh, you know, got in some space running down the right hand side, made a great play to cut it back. Uh, I believe. So Lumi Kostmeyer. Lumi Kostmeyer had the assist, so I'm assuming that's yeah. who you're talking about on the yeah. as a winger. Yeah. Yeah. No, Kostmeyer was the one. If she had the assist, she was the one who played her in because the the winger did the whole thing herself. Okay. <laughs> like, like she she ran it down and then she cut it back and WCU's defender. So the winger down. is Sam- Samantha Williams. There you go. 
Yeah. So she ran it down, cut it back. Defender falls down. She kind of gets around. Then she bends it with her left foot around Cooper to the far post and just tucks it inside the far post. Uh, it was a, like, a like, you know, you and I watch a lot of professional soccer. It was a professional soccer quality goal. And that's kind of what they were dealing with all day with Stanford was, you know, just extremely skilled, extremely skilled team. And WSU is really good. But, you know, if you watch much WSU, like you kind of know they're, they're a little bit more like a blunt force object. Like they just kind of bludgeon you to death with a lot of size and a lot of shots. And it's not to say that WSU doesn't have a lot of skill because they do. Um, but Stanford's skill was was sort of on another level. And, um, you know, both goals were like just incredible, incredible uh, collegiate goals. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to tip your cap. You just wish you weren't you know, tipping your cap when they're playing your team and sending you back to Washington with a winless road trip. Yeah. And, and so that was her fifth goal of the year. Obviously she's got some talent already logged five goals. Um, so, so yeah, uh, only one, one match this week for them, uh, Oregon at home on Friday, uh, definitely should win that one. That is one you got to win, uh, Oregon towards the bottom. Yeah, Oregon starts the bottom of the conference. Uh, they're not very good. Uh, WSU needs that win for sure. Got to yep. got to get that one. Yep, that's a really important one. And then, uh, so moving on to volleyball, they yeah, actually let's had finish on a high note. They had a very good weekend. Um, so let me let me find it here. So they went down. So they got a sweep this weekend. Um, they swept Oregon State on Sunday, which was to be expected. But the big thing on Friday night uh, took down Oregon, who had been 12th ranked Oregon, uh, in five sets. And so that that's what enabled them to then get this weekend sweep on Sunday. Really a big win. They've had opportunities for these all year, and it's the the bet. You know, they they finally they finally were able to to get a, a big win on their resume. Yeah, the Hannah Pukas revenge game, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she yeah. transfers to Oregon. Transfers to Oregon for her senior year. And uh, did not make the trip back to Pullman. I don't know. Maybe she had a little injury. Not really sure. But yeah. she didn't play. And WSU fell behind uh, two sets to one. Came back, won the fourth set. Came back, won the fifth set. Five-set victory. Absolutely fantastic win for Jen Greeny and her program. Like you just, I, I think Greeny sort of talked about this after the game, sort of contextualize it this way. Like you just, you need some wins to hang your hat on, right? I mean, we saw this with basketball. You know, it's like if you're trying to make a tournament resume, you really need something you can hang your hat on. And and this this was that for volleyball. So super, super awesome. Completely thrilled. Uh, both, you know, just for what it means for their season and to, you know, beat the team that, uh, took the transfer of, of one of their better players. So, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that felt good. And yeah. And then yeah. to, to follow it up by just not, 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 uh, not backing down against a team that has not won a conference game, just making yeah. sure to, 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 to finish them off. Um, so yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Oregon says one, one, um, but uh, yeah, just to, to make sure to smash them. And, and so now they're sitting at four and two in conference which ties them for fourth, uh, ties up for fourth of the conference. So they're sitting right there 
Um, so they're in a position down the stretch. Uh, if they can, you know, log some wins, finish in a good spot, get in. So now with with now they've have one resume win. They can start building those and, and try to get back to, you know, uh, uh, would it be a sixth consecutive uh, NCAA tournament? Um, so yeah. this weekend they they have uh, Colorado and Utah. So this is a pretty big weekend because uh, Colorado is tied tied with them at four and two. They're twelve and four, um, and then Utah is just below them at three and three in conference play. So uh, those are in the mountains. So both on the road uh, Friday Sunday. So big weekend, uh, kind of a mover weekend for them. Um, if they can be successful and kind of move up in the standings. Um, uh, so um, uh, be be on the lookout for that. The actual, so, oh, no, Pac-12 Mountain for uh, Colorado, but otherwise Pac-12 mm-hmm. Networks to, to watch yes. those. Yes. Yeah. Did you so see it looks like the U- email? What's, yeah, Sorry, uh, we got like, one I email. I was excited. I was excited. I, I'm not I was so- like, yeah, email. It's it's not even a question. Um, oh, oh well. Uh, Brendan says uh, it. Um, uh, he, you know, he he agrees uh, with the the attendance. Um, winning more games definitely wouldn't hurt, but we obviously see it. It only helps a little bit. Um, he said it's just, one thing. It's a good point, and I think we kind of made this like. Don't believe it's just a WSU problem. It's a West Coast fan base problem. Honestly, it's it's yes. like been a problem throughout college football. Yeah, it's not just um, on the West Coast right now. It's everybody is dealing with this question. Um, he also has some uh, nice things about uh, uh, Zag fans. Uh, he wanted he's a, <laughs> a Spokane Coug. He, he said our um, accurate of Zag fans could be any more. Um, accurate or our depiction of Zag fans could be any more accurate. Um, so yeah, thank you, Brendan. I uh, appreciate you uh, writing us a nice email. Um, any of you can write us an email. You can even send questions um, at podcast VS everyone podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. Um, and we, we like the questions, you know, we, we do get them on Twitter if we ask, uh, but it makes us feel even cooler if you send them to us via email. Um, yeah. Jeff, I, I think like now we can, since I've already done one of the plugs, I guess, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to send a question on Twitter, that's fine. You could, you could at me at the Craig powers on Twitter or at pod VS everyone pod versus everyone on Twitter. That's Jeff. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Craig W powers. Uh, I post Coog stuff, especially when I go to Pullman. Um, and then, uh, if, um, yeah, I already said the email. Um, so if you, if you're listening, please, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. Um, and also give us a five-star rating. We appreciate that. Um, and yeah, uh, Jeff, I guess, with all that, I, I guess we're, we're doing pretty good on time here. I guess that's it. That's yeah. all. Um, so I'll just say, uh, go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Yeah, so you don't give up fucking game-losing home runs in the NL- ALDS, Robbie Ray. <laughs>